Hey guys, it's Shay here from The Natural Lifestyles, in-a-game coach extraordinaire, hanging out in Budapest. And today, I wanna to talk to you about the masculine journey, initiation, and understanding the pathway of archetypal evolution, as well as where are you on your path? How are you in your integration of your archetypes? Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Now, one of the things to understand, first of all, is this kind of framework that I'm about to explain comes from a school of psychology, mostly Jungian kind of psychology, but there's many uh, new, more modern adaptations and things that have added to that, so archetypal psychology. And it's pretty cool stuff. The basic idea is that we have a multi-dimensional psyche. It has many different aspects. And really, all of us actually contain everything in a way. We contain the many different personalities and symbols and aspects of the human experience within us. And that's how we can relate to them. That's how we can understand them. That's how we can participate in them to, di to different degrees. But uh, it, the archetypal psychology also observes that different people have different strengths in different kinds of personality types. And there are different dynamics that can happen as a result of the kinds of archetypes that we're interacting with. Now, there's some things that we need to clarify first, like what is an archetype? Well, an archetype is like a, a blueprint program inside the human psyche. It's something that we can all relate to. For example, uh, the idea of a father or a mother has certain common elements entwined within it that build the archetype of what it is. So, for example, there's lots of individual fathers, but the idea of combining all of those individuals together into one and generalizing what, what you find, like um, reducing things down to the common denominators, basically creates an archetype. And we have archetypes for many things. We have archetypes for male, for female, for father, for mother. They're really simple ones. But we also have archetypes for things like, uh, you know, being a warrior or being a lover or being a king or being a magician, for example. And they're the four major archetypes that show up in the masculine psyche, especially according to the Jungian kind of analysis. So the king, warrior, magician, lover are a really nice set of things. And what that means in uh, practical terms is that each of us as a man has all four of those archetypes inside of us, but we have different strengths and weaknesses within that. And those archetypes doesn't necessarily mean we're like, uh, you know, a, a role play game inside of us with lots of video game characters and one's a wizard and one's a warrior or whatever. But what it means is the, the, the different aspects of those parts of the psyche have gifts for us, they have traits, they have uh, kinds of relationships with the world around us that they relate to. So for example, warrior is very much about determination and strength of will and goal orientation and having something to really fight for, something that you're doing something for, for a higher purpose, or at least exercising your authority, exercising your power. Uh, you know, the lover is about sensuality, connection, you know, working with beauty, understanding the world. Uh, it's about softening uh, into experience and, and really enjoying experience directly for what it is. Uh, then you also have uh, things like the magician, for example. The magician is, is very much about navigating, understanding the world, uh, about pulling things apart, looking at models, uh, recreating models, shifting perspectives. Uh, and the king is about like organization, order, structure, putting a lot of different things into place that seemingly paradoxical on some level, but also useful and, and effective when they're combined together. 
And there's other archetypes that come into the equation as well, which we'll talk about as we go along. But say, for example, we start with those four. Now, the idea is that a healthy person has all of those working for them on different levels. And especially at different times, one of those things, one of those traits will be stronger than the others. And ideally in time, the person through working with these different archetypal energies creates a kind of centered, dynamic, fluid, and well-rounded identity out of that. Now, part of that is to recognize that in the core, in the center of all of these different archetypal relationships and comings and goings of energies and different things in the psyche, there is a kind of singular foundational I, if you will, you know, the, the identity piece, the, the core witnessing awareness. And in some sense, that is, that's an archetype in itself. It's like the archetype of the, the void, you know, the, the one, the, the all-seeing, all-knowing being. And maybe that's even related to like the divine masculine kind of element, as opposed to, you know, more of the divine feminine element, which is much more about like feeling and connecting to the earth and being grounded to the earth uh, and understanding things like matter and, and the body. Now, really, we want to have, like I said, balance in all of those different parts of ourselves. And it's not that hard if we can really just identify what they are and then start to create relationships with them to show up and start to understand how they show up. Now the idea is that this process, this journey of engaging with these archetypes and learning about yourself along the journey is the hero's journey. But it's important to recognize and pay attention to the fact that the hero's journey is only an aspect of an even larger journey because beyond the hero's journey is like the king's journey if you will. Because it's one thing to become a hero, the question is what do you do now that you've become a hero? And we live in a culture and we live in a society that is in love with hero worship. We are constantly, you know, doing things to worship the hero. You know, you think about movies, you think about our ideas of like what a successful kind of male is in our culture. It's often heroic kind of traits, you know, like defeating things, like creating things, breaking through barriers, facing challenges, overcoming difficulties, etc. All that stuff is really good hero traits. But like I said, what do you do once you've stabilized yourself into an identity that is balanced? Because many people go on hero's journeys and they have some amazing insights and transformations, but then they tend to not really carry themselves with much integrity. And like I said, there's a lot of worship of that in a way. And there's not a lot of understanding about like the, how to balance that package, how to make the journey of masculinity something that is ongoing and healthy and helpful to not just you, but to the world around you. So keeping in mind that as you're working with these archetypes and you're going on your hero's journey, that the, the end aim of becoming a hero is actually not the, the, the real work. The real work is learning how to integrate all of these parts into yourself and to become humble to the process so that then you can really dance with the mystery. It's not about you controlling the world. It's about you learning how to learn from the world and how to work with the world and recognizing that on some fundamental level, you and the world are connected and giving each other feedback all the time. And so that's a pretty powerful lesson. Now, that gives you a little bit of a framework to work with. So you've got these things called archetypes, which are like base blueprints of your personality that you're interacting with. You've got a journey that you're going on, which is the, the hero's journey, but it's bigger than that. It's like the king's journey. And you have a center of awareness that you're using to navigate this whole experience. And you're seeking to try and find harmony and balance between all of these different things. Now, in times gone past, we would have rites of passage, we would have containers of wisdom, we would have mystery schools, we would have things that would allow us to integrate these 
aspects of ourselves into a healthy context so we could fit into our culture in a more harmonious way. Now these days that doesn't work as much because, or it's not as common, because culture is changing so much, humanity is changing so much, that it's very difficult to find any one particular system that seems to really resolve what's going on for us and we're so transformative at this time. Having said that, it's not hard to find good quality information if you want to expose yourself to really good things. I mean, in some sense, our science about neurobiology, our science about meditation, our understanding of things like neuroplasticity and sociology and um, our understanding of the world from that more scientific place is, is bigger and more amazing than it's ever been before. The other thing that's available to us like never before as well is that we have access to all kinds of mystical knowledge. I mean, through the internet, we can access all kinds of cool schools of thought and stuff. But the problem is, how do we filter all that shit? How do we make sense of all that shit? How do we put it into some kind of meaningful context so that it's, it's useful rather than just like cool random information or, you know, it's rather than just another set of wacky practices or whatever that you have to do to try and feel something or get something. So we've got to understand how we negotiate with these archetypes in an effective way to match our modern context and how can we create rites of passage for ourselves that are useful. So part of that journey is recognizing that those archetypes I was talking about before, they never change really in the sense that the fundamental reality of them and how they impact us is always going to be there. But how they show up and the kinds of cloaks that they wear, the kinds of forms that they wear, the kinds of manifestations that they have in modern society is very different because it's, that's the stuff that changes. So working with your archetypal transformation, first of all, begins with recognizing that you are in a kind of a reality game that in some sense is going to have control over you unless you learn how to negotiate it and learn how to gain some control over it. And there's a lot of different dynamics that come with that. Say, for example, you need to come to terms with the fact that you live in a cultural context that has a whole bunch of rules. You have a whole bunch of like layers of conditions. So, for example, an economic reality. You've got family systems and you've got biological things to be aware of. There are all kinds of influences that come from media and education, um, different kinds of symbols that are, that are affecting us all the time, different intentions of consciousness. You know, we've got government and authority, military industrial complex, multinational corporations, all these things are actually factors that are influencing our world all the time. And they, they do have an impact on you as an individual. Now you need to work out where are you at within that. Now most people, without really thinking about it, are just getting through life in a reactionary state. They're getting through life as a kind of survival game. You know, they're kind of in this competition of some kind of gauntlet, if you will, some kind of game, and they're trying to compete for their right to survive. They're trying to compete for their place in the world. And we can't help that. I mean, that's part of the dominance hierarchy of being a human, which goes even deeper than that. It goes back to being a mammal and who knows how far back that goes. But the important thing here is to recognize that you're in a set of conditions that cause you to be you know, needing to wake up basically. And these conditions, these, these things that are built around us all the time that are affecting us, if we don't learn to wake up and see how they affect us, then we'll tend to be somewhat of the victim of them or at least somewhat of the, uh, somewhat of the puppet within that game. 
and that's dangerous in a way. I mean, especially for a lot of guys that I'm sure are watching this. I mean, if you're in your, you know, your 20s or even your 30s, and you've spent a lot of your time giving your energy away to things that you don't really care about, but you did it because you had to. You know, you went and worked hard to get a job that you had to get, or you fucking, you know, went to uni to do a course that you really wanted to do, or whatever. Then uh, that kind of thing you know, it can really eat your life away when you're looking back five or ten years later and realizing, I didn't really want to do that. I've been doing that because of other things, you know. I was doing that because of my family or because of my, my expectations of who I should be to my friends or how I should fulfill the identity of, you know, fitting into the pack or something like that. So that, that's where the very real thing of getting caught in living other people's values is a big factor. Getting lost in other people's rules and other people's stories of how you should be and how you should live, etc. So waking up to that, really fucking important. And starting to recognize, I don't have to do this. You know, you don't have to do this. You can choose a different path. Now it doesn't say it's gonna be easy, but at least you're gonna be living your own life instead of somebody else's life, and that's a good start. So where do we start then? First of all, you recognize, holy shit, I'm probably living my life on other people's terms, other people's rules. I'm living my life to a whole bunch of conditions that do not really serve me. Next thing is to go through the somewhat painful process of letting that be revealed and unraveling to that and pulling your hair out a little bit and going through a bit of an existential crisis and realizing, holy fucking shit, I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's really valuable. And to also question all the things that have been holding the value for you. So hold it, questioning things like, you know, what right does your family have to tell you who to be? What right does your mother have to say something about, you know, who you should be as a man? Or what right does religion have to tell you about how you should sexually express yourself? What right does, um, you know, society at large or just people generally in the street have to dictate who you are and how you operate in the world? And that's a healthy stage to go through. It's kind of like a little bit of a teenage rebellion in a way, like pulling that stuff apart and questioning, like, why do you have the authority? Who says you've got the authority? And ask that of yourself. I and mean, this is a really powerful process of questioning, how do I know something's true? Where did I adopt that truth from? And is it really useful? Is it really true? And uh, what you'll often find most of the time is a lot of the truth that we, that we carry with us is actually more of a, a distraction from what is actually true. And, and it's very easy for us to do that. It's very easy to get lost in that. But when we question, is it really fucking true? Oftentimes it's not, or it needs distinction, or it needs more things. So we've got to go through this process of unfolding, letting go, releasing ourselves into the possibility of what things could be outside of what we thought was true. So once you've started to do this unraveling process and uh, come undone, then there's this awkwardness that definitely starts to arise inside you of, holy shit, I need to find a way. I need to find a path. I need to find a map. I need to find something that's going to be useful. So the thing with that is start with a map that is at least going to lead you towards something that's worth something to you. And really, what's worth something? In my opinion, one of the best things to aim for, especially initially, is a sense of freedom, a sense of choice, a sense of confidence, a sense of place in the world. And for want of a better word, we can sum all that up into basically being the authority over your own life, the sovereign of your own being, that which is the creator of your own authority and power. So we need to find a map of how do we get to that state? How can we come home to ourselves? And what does that really mean? Now, the first thing that we need to do when we come to that stage is work out, well, what is something that I would really love to live for? 
what is something that I would really love to reveal? And if you don't know the answer to that, that's cool as well. At least start with the notion that you would like to learn what that is. You would like to find your way back to something meaningful. And that in itself can become the map. So that's the, the very important stage of learning to cultivate a kind of a map to find something inside yourself that can give you a way home. Now really what we're looking for here is a, a map to understand how to integrate all those archetypes, how to bring them into some kind of communion with yourself. And we, only, we use these ideas of archetypes and these labels and stuff, not because they're real, but because they're a model that gives you access to becoming more real, if you will, for at least understanding reality with more distinction. So once you've undone yourself, you've started to look at the model of your life, you've started to question it, and you started to look for a bit of a map, then it's time to open up to the possibility of really doing the work. Now, when you're looking for maps, when you're doing the things that are, are gonna change your life, it's really easy to get caught in information overload. Uh, really common, especially nowadays, to just absorb heaps of ideas and to just be like researching, looking and seeking for lots of different maps that are going to help you in the world. Now the problem with that is that you can just collect so many maps that that paralyzes you. You can have so many choices and so many things that you want to do that you don't do anything. Uh, once again, very common thing for a lot of young guys these days is getting stuck in analysis paralysis, information overload. And that can be really useful in that sense to put yourself on somewhat of, a, of an information diet that can start to collapse and reduce the thing that you're doing into a much simpler kind of form. And definitely, if you want to uh, become effective at something, then you have to at least choose you know, one or two models that are gonna be useful for you for a period of time and then master them before you move on to something else. You can definitely become a master of many things. You can learn to be very adaptable and very flexible inside your life. You can learn to see the life from many different perspectives and have access to some really cool possibilities. But you need to recognize to get to that status of being a freestyle master, you have to layer your learning. You have to do enough of one thing to at least understand how it mechanically works and integrate it and then you can move on to the next level. If you just know that there's 50 things that you want to do and you kind of put them all there on a list and you're trying to do 50 at once, you're probably going to learn very slowly if, you know, if not just confuse the shit out of yourself. So recognize that you need to create a map for yourself and you need to choose something that you're working with. And this is the birth of what I would say is the warrior aspect of yourself. Because you have to make a decision. Like warrior energy is often about like taking action, getting things done. But one of the things that warrior energy is also about is about killing off the things that are not useful, killing off the things that you say no to, killing off the things that uh, are causing you difficulty inside your life. So killing off excessive thoughts and feelings and distractions for a period of time at least, and starting to focus on, I wanna find a map, I wanna find my way, I've gotta get back into what really matters inside my life. And then you can start to move beyond that information overload and you can actually do the very important step, incredibly important step, of starting to take some action, starting to do something real in the world. And this is something you probably hear over and over and over again, but if you want to do something, you want to learn something, you want to be good in the world, you have to take action. You have to actually live it. And I can put my hand up for this too. There's been many times in my life where I've just collected shitloads of information and shitloads of understanding, which has been really cool, but at the same time it's limited me because it's stopped me from having certain experiences. So don't be one of the false gurus. Don't be one of the, the people with just a lot of empty ideas trying to like put your mental model of the world over reality all the time. Instead, open yourself up to having a direct experience of life as it is. So that's where we start to descend into taking action, really looking at what's going on. Now, 
I want to talk more about this and I want to talk about this in some multiple layers. Now, for today though, I just want you to start to think about how do you relate to what I've talked about so far? How do you relate to the systems of society and the world around you? Do you feel trapped? Do you feel stuck? Do you feel like it's time for change? Are you ready for something different? Do you have any understanding of of where you got your truth from? You know, what is the authority that you are really responding to? Uh, and, and does it have the right to control your life? Uh, and also, how do you relate to letting go? Are you comfortable letting go? Are you comfortable asking questions? Are you comfortable with inviting the existential crisis of, of really changing yourself? And do you have a map? What kind of map do you have? Is your map useful? Is your map complicated? Is your map missing pieces? Um, if so, what, what do you think that is? What's missing? What would you need? What could you do differently? If you found a map, how do you feel about it? Are you taking action? Are you dedicated to it? How's your warrior doing? Do you feel strong inside your warrior? Do you need to bring your warrior up a little bit more? Do you need to be more disciplined and action orientated? Do you need to create some rules and some boundaries? Do you need to say, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do for this period of time? And maybe even little things, like if you want to spike up that warrior, for example, start to do some little warrior tasks, like every day I'm going to do, I'm going to do four sets of push-ups until, until I am at fail. Or every day I'm going to have a cold shower. Or every day I'm going to eat very cleanly. Give yourself some restrictions. That, and it's just, that's just one thing, for example. And the reason I give you those very simple tasks is because they're simple tasks that give you quick wins and they start to prove to you that your discipline and your focus is very useful and it can have very positive feedbacks over time. And that in itself can be really, really good for you. So that's about you know, how to harness working with the warrior. Now, I wanna, like I said, I'm gonna talk more about this as we go because there's a lot of really cool things we can unpack. But for now, have a think about what I've said. Give me some replies, give me some thoughts, see what you, see what you think about how you relate to that so far, and uh, let's chat soon. I hope you enjoyed that rant. Make sure you click subscribe, stay tuned, and I look forward to revealing the next layer of this, you guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.